Hi, you're listening to Koldodi Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Join us in person for our weekly Shabbat services every Saturday at 11 a.m. We meet at 3534 West End Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website at koldodi.org or follow us on Facebook and watch us live at facebook.com forward slash Nashville. And now, here's Rabbi Ken's latest message. I want to start by just reading a scripture. It's from Isaiah, chapter 55, and verse 6. And I'm going to read it to you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So we're going to seek the Lord today, just for a few minutes. And we're not going to think about the things that a lot of times all of us think about during the week. Um, And certainly people that are not here with us may think about these things more than we think about them. Hopefully we don't think about them too much. But I know during the week when I'm working, and I believe so much in working hard all week, and I do, and we all do, and that's very important. But let's not think about the fact that I didn't get the last promotion and it wasn't fair. Or I didn't get the last raise and it wasn't fair. Or I didn't understand why so-and-so got paid more money than me. They don't deserve that. Probably sounds familiar. I hear it every day. Um, We're going to seek the Lord and find out what he wants from us. So so God wants from us a lot of things. And... But mainly he wants our hearts, he wants our devotion, he wants our time. And at the Men's Maccabee last week, this week on Wednesday night, um, we looked at 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. And it's God's desire that we all be saved. God doesn't want us thinking all the time about the money we have. He's going to take care of us. He is going to take care of us. Forget about that. He supplies. You don't need the stress. You don't need your stomach churning about. Mine's churned about in certain times of my life. I don't need it. He was always going to take care of me. He has taken care of me. If someone asks you to do something wrong, don't do it. He's going to take care of you. And so we don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. But let's focus on what he wants. He wants us, he wants all of us to be saved. You say, well, you know what, I'm already saved, so I don't need to hear that. You probably have friends that aren't. You probably have relatives that aren't. I hope you're praying for them. I hope you're sharing with them. I share with people as much as God allows. I never force myself on anyone. But if they're willing to listen and they're open, I will share with them. So people say... And you ask them, what does it mean to be saved? What does that mean? Well, most people would say, and I would say most people in the world would say, you know what, I'm really a good person. I've got 
good deeds, I've got the bad deeds, and the good deeds, in my case, really outweigh the bad deeds. That's what most people would say. And you know what? They may be right. They may be right that, that their good deeds are much better than their bad deeds. I know a lot of really nice people. They're kind. They're faithful to their spouses. They're good people. But even they would say to me and to you, you know what, I'm not perfect. We're human. We're human. I'm not perfect. But let's look at what God says. I'm going to turn to a verse, because this is God's word. This isn't my word. This is God's word. God says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, For if you confess with your mouth that Yeshua is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart it is believed for righteousness, and with the mouth it is confessed for salvation. And so it's pretty clear, God says, God says you've got to believe that Yeshua is Lord. You've got to believe that he died for your sins. You've got to believe that he was raised on the third day. And you've got to confess it. And yes, that means you have to confess it to your parents, to your friends, to your relatives, people that don't believe where it's going to be uncomfortable. But you know what? It's so beautiful because in God's simple way, then you can be saved. And, you know, maybe you say to me, you know, that sounds great. It sounds great. But you know what? I'm Jewish. Jewish people don't believe in Jesus. Have you ever heard that? You, obviously, I haven't heard that. <laughs> well, the truth is, I have heard it. I've said it. I'm embarrassed to say when I was younger, I didn't know the Lord. And, and people would say to me, yeah, of course, you know, of course you're Jewish. You don't believe in Jesus. Jews don't believe in Jesus. Well, first of all, that's not true. Um, second of all, it is absolutely a ticket to the wrong place. And so Yeshua is the Jewish Messiah. And you can read later, Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. Yeshua himself said he came for the Jewish people. He came for us. And you can look around this congregation, and there are so many Jewish people that believe Yeshua is Messiah. So many. There's the rabbi. There's his wife. There is Crystal and Sean, and many, many, many others. I could name so many. And so, and me. And you know what? So Jewish people do believe Yeshua is Messiah. And the more important thing is, is that God sent Yeshua, which means salvation, by the way, as atonement for our shortcomings, our transgressions. And we have to believe it. So I've talked to people about this, a lot of people, and they say, you know what, I can't be bothered with that. I have more important things. I can't talk to my parents about that. They're going to be upset with me. But you know what, I actually believe it, but I can't go to that next step. I can't. But you know, I know you've told me that I have to do that, and I, I agree, but I have till the day I die. I do. I have till the day I die. I sure hope you know when you're going to die. I don't know when I'm going to die. And I honestly don't think you know when you're going to die either. So 
it's called Russian roulette. I'm not playing with Russian roulette. And God doesn't want you to play with Russian roulette. Now's the time. And there are people, hopefully, listen, listening here on the live stream. Thank God for the live stream. And someone may be listening to this. I hope you are. Now's the time. And you say, well, you know what? I've had friends that have said to me, you know, after, after someone dies, they have another chance. They have another chance. Jeff, you're wrong. They have another chance. God's going to give them another chance. And so, as you know, the Bible is, is the Word of God. It's not anything other than God's Word. God cannot go against His Word because the Word is truth. Look for a scripture. It's in Hebrews 9, verse 27. And it says, first you die, and then there's the judgment. So there is no chances after you die. There's no chances. And you know what Crystal said earlier about Suzanne's daughter-in-law? But she lives, and she does live. We all are going to live forever. We are. It's going to happen. And if you die and you don't accept God's way of salvation, then you are subject to his judgment. If you accept God's way, you really can't imagine how good he has it for us. He has it so good for us. And I will say that if you don't, you cannot imagine how bad it will be for you. And so I just share that with you. It's very simple. Um, accept the Lord exactly as he wants you to. Please do that today. The rabbi always calls for people to accept the Lord at the end of his sermons, and he will, I'm sure, again today. Please accept the Lord um, and pray for those that don't know the Lord. Pray for them. They need the Lord. They really need the Lord. Amen. Let's just look quickly with me at Luke 18 and Leviticus chapter 14. Thank you for the, what Jeff just brought, Lord, the message of the good news, Lord, that you desire for all to know you. And we just thank you for, for your heart, Lord, and for many that maybe I believe some probably right now just prayed to receive you, Lord, uh, during his, what he just shared that are watching or that are here. And we pray you continue to speak to us through your word in Yeshua's name. Amen. Um, the cleansing and the restoration of the Metzora. The Metzora is the one who was stricken with uh, Sara'at, with these skin disease here. And this is a beautiful passage, uh, picture here, because in his cleansing, he was actually treated like a priest, like a Kohen in the end, in the way that he was uh, cleansed. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage. So in... Uh, and, and the condition that he was in was, you know, he's an outcast. He's out, he can't be in the community. He's, imagine having to, uh, you know, cover your lip and be crying everywhere you go so that people recognize you, so that people stay away from you. You have to cry, tame, tame, which means unclean, unclean. And you have to ta literally cry that everywhere so that people will stay away from you. Grow your hair, uh, uh, you know, keep it loose, they said, uh, cover your upper lip, 
trying to remember the other things they had to do. Um, all sorts of things. I have it written down here somewhere. But, um, but he, he was in that condition and people would avoid him. And he was ostracized from the community. So the self-image, the self-esteem was low, how they felt. I mean, you know, and our Messiah, that's why he is, it's amazing, as we mentioned last week, there are some passages in the Babylonian Talmud and passages that are, were written that record that he was called the leper Messiah. He not only uh, was, when Yeshua was here, he healed the, those with this condition, but he also was in that condition himself, in a sense, in that he became sin for us. He became disfigured. He became one that was said, we wouldn't want to look at him. And uh, I know I have some, you know, well, I won't get it. But if you have any conditions, you know, anything, you ever felt have some skin conditions or something where you didn't even want people to see you, uh, how, do you how did you feel? You know, you, well, imagine this is the way uh, this, this person would feel. Now, I want to read this passage in uh, Luke 18, verses 9 through 14, because one of the conditions that caught the the the, the uh, causes of this condition, the rabbis say, was uh, Suzanne mentioned before. I think the the Loshan hara could have been part of it, very possibly. Also, pride, pride and self righteousness, and uh, causing and Loshan hara cause caused the skin condition. They're not sure, but a sure way to have there's a sure way to have heaven's ear, and there's a sure way to not have heaven's ear for all of us. And it's right here in Yeshua's parable, Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. It says, Then Yeshua spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and while holding others in contempt. And it literally says in the Greek, counting others as nothing. Some were counting others as nothing. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the others a tax, a tax collector. The Pharisee, and we know the tax collectors were, were those that were despised by their own Jewish people because they were traitors. They were, they were betraying their own people. They were collecting for the Romans, working for the, for the opposition for the, or for the, the uh, oppressors. And so the tax collector, they both went up to pray. And let's look at this story. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. In the Greek, it's literally he was facing himself. So maybe he's very self-conscious, but he's very full of himself. And he says, oh, God. He says, God, I thank you. So it looks very religious. He's thanking God. But what's he thanking God for? I thank you that I'm not like other people. And the, literally, the Greek says, he says, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of mankind. I'm not like the rest of humankind. Thieves or extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even like this guy, the tax collector. I fast twice a week. Boy, what a, what a great guy. Uh, and I tithe on all that I get. Boy, was he, man, what a noble fellow. Uh, I do all of this. I do all the right things. So he's standing before God and commending himself and saying, God, I, you know, I, I see myself. I just, I just don't have any problems. I'm really good before you. 
But the tax collector, standing some distance away, he's standing far away, it says in the Greek. He's far away. He won't even get close. He wouldn't even lift his eyes toward heaven, toward God, in other words. He can't even, doesn't feel worthy. He beat his chest, but he's beating his chest saying, God. So they're both, it's hotheos in the Greek. It's both. They're both saying God. They're both praying, same thing, to God. God. But his prayer is not lengthy. It's short. He's not no lengthy, toxic prayer like the others, like the, the, the Pharisees, but it's a short, simple prayer. God, I'm in trouble. God, help. You know the prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's all it is. A short prayer. God, be merciful to me. And actually, you know what? It's not a sinner. It's in the Greek, there's definite articles there. It's the sinner. <laughs> The sinner. I'm the worst. His feeling about himself was, I am, there's nobody worse than me. And he said, I'm it, I'm the worst. Does that sound like someone else who said that in the New Testament? Yeah, Shaul. Paul said the same thing. I'm the chief of sinners, to use the King James language. First Timothy 1.15. I'm the protos, I think it would be in the I'm the or maybe I don't know. It's yeah, it's I'm the first. I'm the worst. But I'm the worst, foremost, one translation. I'm the worst of the sinners to me. Is this grace? I'm less than the least to me. I'm less than the least of all the saints. Is this grace given? Ephesians 3.8, he says. He says, I'm the worst. He says, less than, he says, but God chose me still and is using me. And he says, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you this, Yeshua says. Here's his conclusion. This man rather than the other, went down to his home, declared righteous. And it is, that's the right translation, righteous. He's righteous. What? Well, because he obviously, you see his repentance, he, he, he tells him he's going to change, right? Here he says, I'm, I'm going to change. I'm, he says, I promise I'll never do this. I never do anything again, wrong again. Did you see that, right? It's not there. There's no promise of him even changing. Now, I, I believe he wanted to change. How many, have you ever been through seminars where they tell you to have 12 things you, <laughs> you write down and you, you know, you, anyway, all these things, you know. The fact is, he wants to, but he's not going to change unless God empowers him to change. It's got to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can all do all sorts of things in the flesh. I can say, God, I, I'm going to do this. I promise I'm going. Well, don't promise unless the Holy Spirit is empowering you to promise. You know, it says, as a matter of fact, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 5, verse 4 and 5 says, 5, verse 4 and 5 says, don't vow. When you make a vow, don't make, don't, don't make a vow and, and not do it. Make sure if you're going to make a vow, do it. Don't vow without knowing that you're really going to. Don't vow in the flesh. He says, I tell you, this one went declared righteous. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is a sure way. This is a guarantee. There's a guarantee of being exalted here or humbled. Either way. It's guarantee. Yeshua said, everyone who exalts himself, if I promote myself, I will, God will humble me. If I humble myself, God will exalt me. Before and, and not that you do it to be exalted, you don't. But the fact is, God says, listen, this, is, this man is this, is, this is an amazing story. 
The first really thought he was right, and he was better than everyone else, and he was faultless. The other never even claims that. He didn't, the, 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 the first didn't see his own imperfections, and uh, the, the one is comparing ju- others, you know, with himself with others, judging others. The other's only aware of his own faults, his own imperfections, not others, not judging others, not judging others, but aware of just himself. What an example. One saying, God, look at me. The other saying, God, don't look at me. Don't look at me. One saying, God, pretty good, huh? The other saying, God, help. Help. I'm the sinner. I'm the sinner. The word merciful, you know, Yeshua, the word merciful really means to annul. I need mercy to annul by means of a sacrifice. I need your, 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 you to take care. Self-righteousness is the worst disease. It's going to cause, you think it's not going to cause problems. It'll cause, Proverbs 30, verse 12 says, there is a generation that is pure in its own eyes and yet is not cleansed from its filth. Isaiah 65, verse 5, who says, who say, keep to yourself, don't come to me, for I am holier than you. God says, these are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day. Or Romans 14, 10, but you, why do you judge your brother? Or you too, why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. So, I am... I want to be in the condition of, as you do, the tax collector, not the Pharisee, <laughs> in the prayer. I want God's, to hear, God to hear my prayer and to be able to bless me. The spirit of self-righteousness, it's the enemy of love. It's the enemy of the gospel that Jeff just shared about, the gospel witness. It's the enemy of it. Because pride and self-righteousness and superiority will repel people from the good news. Humility and brokenness and love will draw people to Yeshua. Right? Do you agree? There's no judgment. Listen, there is no judgment in the eyes of love, of God's love. You say, well, but God is, God is full of judgment. Yeah, and Yeshua bore all that judgment as the leper Messiah. He took it all in his body on the cross, on the tree, on the executions. He took it all in himself and he became it for us so that we wouldn't have to, so that he could forgive us, so that we could have forgiveness, so that he could love us freely. In Hosea 14, 4, I will love them freely. He took it all so that we don't have to be judging people. There's no judgment in the eyes of love. There's an endless amount of it, though, in the eyes of, the self-right- of self-righteousness. And so, whether it's self-righteousness or pride, and okay, we're going to play that. I, I have a little, short, little video I get sent to Laura and Robert to, to uh, play. Here's, here's a little cute, cute one from Music Man, if, they got, if you can get it. And now the young lady who teaches the piano. And now the young lady who teaches the piano. Ah, uh, Marion Peru, I believe. Oh! Well, after all, she is the librarian. She must have picked him out the first crack out of the box. Talking up to a man like that. He wouldn't take him talk up about her. He didn't take him try turkey talking to him. Brazen. Don't to take her ticket and punch it for her. Picked her out first crack like a cheap jack. Not much pick to her, if you ask me. Pick a little chocolate. Pick a little 
little chief, chief, chief. Talk a lot, pick a little more. Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, chief, chief, chief. Talk a lot, pick a little more. Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, chief, chief, chief. Talk a lot, pick a little more. Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, chief, chief, chief. Talk a lot, pick a little more. Pick a little, talk a little, pick a little, talk a little, chief, 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 chief. Professor, her kind of woman doesn't belong on any committee. Of course, I shouldn't tell you this, but she advocates dirty books. Dirty books? Chaucer. Rabelais. Balzac. The worst thing, of course, I shouldn't tell you this. I'll tell. The man lives down my street. Let me tell. No, I'll tell. Made brazen overtures to a man who never had a friend in this town till she came here. Old Miser Madison. Miser Madison. Miser Madison. Madison Picnic Park, Madison Gymnasium, Madison Hospital. That Miser Madison. Exactly. Who did he think he was anyway? Well, I should say, the show off. He gave the town the library, too, didn't he? That's just it. When he died, he left the library building to the city. But he left all the books to her. She was seen going and coming from his place. Oh, yes, that woman made brazen overtures with a cute-edge guarantee. She had a golden glint in her eye and a silver voice with a counterfeit ring. Just melt her down and you'll reveal a lump of lead as cold as steel here, where a woman's heart should be. He left River City, the library building, but he left... here, Professor. Sorry, we need your credentials. Why, certainly, gentlemen. All right, there you go. That's a little good one on gossip and the evil time. I thought that would be good. It's from The Music Man. And how many have seen The Music Man? The, the original. Oh, pretty good. Yeah, we grew up, I grew up on all those musicals, so my parents, parents loved them. So, All right, well, anyway, I thought that was a good way of doing it. But... Uh, <clears throat> So, yeah, Surat was, Surat was believed to be an infliction of divine punishment for slander, you know, Lashan Hara. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, so let's, let's humble ourselves before the Lord. And so the, uh, there's only one who has the right to authentically be called self-righteous, and that is Yeshua. He became unrighteous for us so that we might become truly righteous in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 and 1 Peter 2.24, right? Now, Rabbi uh, Wendy Ziegler, or Zerler, rather, Zerler, uh, wrote this about the stricken Messiah. And uh, I'll just share a few moments on this. The chapter that immediately follows Isaiah 52 is Isaiah 53. She says, the manavu, about the good news, she said, it furnishes the Christian image, which we know is the messianic image, of the Messiah as the suffering servant. And she quotes, he is stricken, he was, is, it was our sickness that he was bearing, our suffering he endured. We counted him plagued, smitten, and afflicted by God. So she says, the leper Messiah, the famous Gemara from Sanhedrin 98, a literary descendant of the boot, the both of Isaiah 53, the story of the four uh, lepers from the, the, the not lepers, but Mitzorot, Mitzurim rather, from Second Kings 7. Uh, she says the Messiah is standing by the entrance in this portion of the Talmud where it says, and he asks him, "Have I a portion in the world to come?" He said, "If his master desires it." Then he asks him, "When will the Messiah come? Go and ask him." Himself is his reply. Where is he sitting? By the gates of Rome. What is the sign I may recognize him? Asked 
Rabbi Joshua, Elijah, Elijah answers, he's sitting among the poor folks suffering from all kinds of skin ailments. All of them not untie their bandages all at once and rebandage themselves together, whereas he, the Messiah, unties and rebandages each one separately, thinking I should, anyway, sorry, this is a little too lengthy. But uh, as I said last week, he's called the leper Messiah, and he bears, bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. We did esteem him, and the word could be translated a leper, smitten of God and afflicted, quoting Isaiah 53. So this cleansing of the leper is an amazing process, and the Messiah, Yeshua, is the one who uh, is the one who cleansed cleanse lepers when he was on the, on the earth. Now, uh, the, the, uh, Suzanne mentioned the two living birds, one killed in a clay pot, clay pot over running water, the other dipped into the blood over the dead bird in the cedar wood, the scarlet, the hyssop. Um, but the thing I want to mention, and I'm going to finish, is on the eighth day of his return to come back to the camp so he could come back to the community. And that's what Yeshua did was restore them to the community through the, the right way, through the priest, go to the priest, um, as what, same, uh, follow the procedure. On the eighth day of his return, a guilt offering is made for him, a lamb with oil in the entrance of the tabernacle. The blood of his offering is dabbed on his right ear tip. This is then his right thumb and his right toe a couple of times. And that's verse 14, 17, and 15 of, of chapter 14. Then the oil is dabbed on the same three areas and on his head, and on his head. Verses 18 and 29. The, the Kohen, the priest, offers for him a sin offering, then a burnt offering and a grain offering. And he will also be clean. The return of the outcasts into normal life of Israeli society and worship of the Lord is what happens. So look at the emphasis God is making. He's saying our hearing, I think it's a beautiful emphasis, our hearing, our doing, and our going all must be through Yeshua's finished work of redemption and anointed by his spirit, just like the, what happened for this man. The, the ear, what's the ear? Hearing, the Right thumb, our doing, and then the right toe, you go forward. Yeah, where you're going, going forward, going forward. So are going. So a beautiful picture of that. The, the, the blood from the sacrifice put on, and then the uh, oil, so the anointing of the Spirit. So God wants our entirety from the top of our head to the sole of our foot, but it all begins with the ear, what we listen to, what we listen to. We have to be careful. Yeshua said, be careful what you hear. Be careful. Take heed what you hear. Not gossip. Not criticism. If I hear someone criticize, as the old saying goes, it kills three. Not only the person you're saying it about, but who you're saying it to, and it kills you for saying it. So you're killing with words. Words destroy. Gossip. Slander. What do I listen to? Don't turn away from it. Someone says, well, I want to tell you about someone. Say, I don't want to hear it. If it's something negative, something bad, you go to them. Talk to them about it. Don't talk to me. Go to them. Uh, 
and talk to them about it. And we, uh, you know, we're to, what do we, we want my, our ears sanctified. Listen to God's word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Build ourselves up in, our, in his promises and the word of God. Uh, finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any virtue, if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, Philippians 4, verse 8. The former cleansed Metzorim, they, these, these individuals, were treated now as Kohanim, as priests, because the priests had the same thing done to them, the ear, the thumb, the, the toe, in chapter 8, the blood and the oil. So imagine how they felt. They now felt cleansed, accepted in the humanity. And that's what Yeshua did. Again, in Mark chapter 1, we see he not only freed them of the disease, but allowed them to be restored into the community. And the healing procedure left them feeling like priests themselves, like Kohanim, washed in the water, then the blood and the oil placed on their earlobes, right thumbs, and right big toes. And so I think it's a beautiful picture of us. We were sinners. Now we're considered saints. And, and so many times in the New Testament, we're addressed as the Kiddushim, the Hagios, or Kiddushim, the saints, because now we're holy through the cleansed by Messiah's blood. But we're also Kiddushim saints. We're also Kohanim, a priest commissioned by, with Yeshua's spirit. And, and by the way, he touched them, he, which was not forbidden. He touched them because they probably, what Yeshua did, he, they needed touch the, uh, these people to, to, uh, to feel the acceptance once again. And so, also, this could mean whenever, and the ear, whenever, the Lord, listening to his voice, whenever, the thumb, whatever, whatever he calls us to do, and then wherever, wherever he calls us to go. And so, Father, we pray that today we would be, that you, thank you that you have called us, you have cleansed us, thank you that you have commissioned us, thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear your word. We have hands or thumbs to, uh, to do your work, and we have toes to do your will, so to speak, Lord, that we are, we pray we would be available, Lord, whenever to hear your voice and to do whatever you call us to do and to go wherever you call us to go, Father. Uh, thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for making us whole. Thank you for restoring us. Thank you that uh, that, that uh, you became sin for us. You became the only righteous. You're the only righteous one. You became unrighteous so that we could be made righteous in you and accepted in the beloved in Ephesians 1.6. Thank you, Lord, that, uh, that um, for this hope that we have in you, this promise, promise that we have in you, Lord. And uh, we bless you and we thank you. Father, we just thank you. Bless your people, Lord. Bless us as we go this, throughout this week. We pray for a fruitful week, Lord, and a successful week, Lord God. You would bless our feet with the good news of the, good, of the gospel and, and prosper our work and our testimonies in Yeshua's name. Bless our families with health and in Yeshua's name. Ya'er Adonai penav elecha v'chunecha 
Yisadonai penavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach Sar HaShalom. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you his peace. In the name of Jesus, our Messiah, the King of Israel, the Lord of peace. Amen.